Today on Locked On Rockies, down on the farm with Lindsey Crosby. You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock on Rockies fans and rock on baseball fans because we're going deep into the Colorado Rockies today and I had to call in the expert today on Locked on Rockies. We are joined by Lindsey Crosby of the Locked on MLB Prospects podcast today. We are free and streaming on your favorite streaming service, both Locked on Rockies and the Locked on MLB podcast. If you just search Locked on MLB Prospects, Locked on Rockies on your favorite streaming service, you'll find two wonderful baseball podcasts. And you know you want to help us, these hosts, uh, do what we do. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockies, search Locked on MLB Prospects, hit that subscribe button. It is a massive, massive help to us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are proud to be your first listen of the day. Without further ado, Lindsay, how's it going? It is busy, busy, busy times for you, my friend. This is the busiest time of the year. We've got um, we have we have the draft coming up, the futures game right before it. So you know the minor league all star game, and then two weeks after that, quick turnaround into the trade deadline. So tons of content coming out. Go follow Locked On. MLB prospects on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're putting out an average of about six shows a week for the next three weeks. Six shows a week leading up. And, and we're happy and excited to be one because here's the deal. When in the national perspective, in most perspectives, you say Rocky's farm system and you kind of get greeted with, a, you know, it's not necessarily the most exciting but then you look at prospect lists then you look at some analysis and you're like the rockies have some very very exciting pieces on the farm so let's start with the exciting pieces first the the biggest uh actually i guess the change here is uh Eluris montero i'm hoping the his i've heard his first name pronounced a few different ways so we're gonna have to nail that down but montero is up with the rockies playing uh, he's not playing consistently but he has stayed up with the team, he has not been sent back down with 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 changes and with uh, you know after rosters flip over. Uh, unfortunately, Tovar's on the injury. Lindsay, run us through the top of the Rockies farm system right now and what we've seen so far this season. Yeah, so Montero's a guy I've been very excited to to see him get called up, and then I've been very frustrated that he hasn't had a chance to play. Uh, I think he's one of the better guys in the system. Not the number one, but very much an impact hitter at the middle of the lineup there. Uh, he can he can play third, uh, probably better suited for first. Definitely a corner infield profile as far as the power, the lack of mobility, the lack, you know, the, the below average speed, things like that. But, I mean, a big dude with big power. Uh, but there's no hotter name in this system. I, I kind of have to to acknowledge no hotter name in this system right now than Ezekiel Tovar. And I hate that he's hurt right now. I hate that he's on the IL with the groin strain because he has had just an absolutely monster year for the Yard Goats. 318, 386, 545, 13 home runs, 17 of 20 on stolen bases in 66 games. Absolutely has shown the promise we knew he had, you know, good situational hitting. We knew he had above average contact ability, but the power, we didn't know it was this good. The defense has been fantastic, but 
He looks like an all-around player, and as soon as he's healthy, I'm excited to see what he can do in this system. Just my favorite guy to watch from this farm system this year definitely has been Ezekiel Tovar. Now, the the big thing, and I talked about it on my show today, and one thing I do want the Rockies to always keep in mind, the Rockies have had good defenders that bat. I do want to see if a if if that bat's going to come alive. Is that something I'm, I don't, he doesn't need to be a 40 home run type of guy is, is Tovar someone that's going to play me elite level defense and hit and hit, hit a solid amount of doubles in the year. Yeah. So he's, he's a smaller guy, six foot one sixty two. I say small, I'm six foot one seventy, but, but it's, it's very good gap power. He can hit home runs, but that's not the focus of his game. He's got enough speed to him. Uh, where where you hit that ball in cores, you're going to be able to run for quite a while. And I do think he is going to grow a little bit into some of that power. He is only 21 years old. And so, it, you know, it's, it's, it's something where not a 40 home run guy, but I could see him being a good 15, maybe 20 home run guy, but at the same time, giving you 20, 25 steals and playing elite level defense at short. To me, it's kind of, it's, it's the ideal scenario to build around. It's a guy who is not going to hurt you defensively and is going to be able to, to set the top of the lineup for you and really be that table setter that gets the offense going there in course. And, you know, if, if it works out for me, if he plays elite defense and he takes a Connor Joe style approach and, and, and if he can bat a nice solid average, but if, as long as he's going up there, if, uh, if, if, if as long as he's going up there, with the right mentality, the right approach at the dish, and he's actually looking, you know, a, a kind of, could be a threat up there. I'm mean, even I find that there is a benefit when when you have that speed, that ability to steal bases. If you can take walks, that is, you know, that will will supplement some singles with that as well. That's gonna that's gonna help you out. And and so, but I'm curious, can the Rockies expect maybe more of a thump from Zach Veen because these are two players that might be coming up relatively close at the same time. If I'm not correct, we we could easily see the the rise of, of Tovar and Veen being at the same time. Yeah, and I have Veen as the number one prospect in this system right now. I mean, he was he was one of four players last year that had 15 home runs and 35 stolen bases. Now, you have to take stolen bases a little bit with a grain of salt in the minor leagues because there's so many rule changes there that that help you with that. But it kind of shows, you know, he's able to to have the power uh, and still have the speed. The slash line in high A, 269, 375, 462. Uh, he's going to be a little bit behind Tovar, although with Tovar's injury, I don't know if maybe they'll catch up at the same time or not. But no, I've got I've got Veen as very aggressive hitter, but probably uh, the best combination of contact ability and power in the entire system. And then combine that with a guy who absolutely can play at least an average to above average center field, but I think he could be a plus defender or maybe even elite in one of the corners. He can play right or left. And so a guy that that absolutely just needs more at-bats to show that I am ready to be, you know, your starting right fielder, your Charlie Blackman replacement for a decade. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the Rockies are going to be looking for, Charlie. They're looking for the next person to put in right field and have him, 
be there forever. I mean, because that's what that's what Charlie Blackman has been. And if and if Zach Veen can bat two eighty and and thirteen home runs when he's you know what when people think he's going on the downslope of his career like Charlie Blackman's doing right now, that that would be awesome and a, and a great decade. Veen, I gotta say, is is probably my most excited like when I see what he's doing. But mm-hmm. then Tovar comes out this year and just is blistering and. I would love for the Rockies long history of great shortstop play to continue. And it it sounds like the Rockies might've gotten their guy there. Yeah. And, and the, the whole thing about Tovar is we knew that he was good. We knew that he had very good back control and very good awareness of the zone, but he took it to a different level this year. And I think when you get a player as cheaply as he did, I mean, he was an $800,000 signing in 2017. And, and that it's something where he's the rare guy that got better during the pandemic, during the shutdown, when there was no minor league season, because he made some physical changes and just coming out last year, I mean, 287, 30 doubles, 15 home runs. We're like, okay, that's a really good year. How can you beat it? He goes out at a higher level of competition and bats 318, 386, 545. I mean, it's, it's something he's absolutely going to be, if he comes back soon from the injury, I see him as a guy who goes to AAA towards the end of the year for a test and then comes to spring training next year with an opportunity to win a starting job. Don't know if he'll be ready or not. Depends on how instructional ball goes in the fall. But absolutely a guy that is going to give you uh, above average to plus defense at short, can make all of the plays, has a really good arm, and has that really good internal clock that just knows how much work he has to do to get you out every single time. And then offensively can absolutely contribute, especially in a hidden environment like Coors Field. You know, the big thing is going to be, what is the current state of the Rockies? What is the roster? What do the Rockies look like after the trade deadline? And what does that mean for the pipeline of players? And one of the things there's, you can go down the list and there's been a lot of stuff where where people are saying, you know, our friends at Just Baseball just posted an in-depth look at the Rockies farm system today. Uh, Lindsay's been diving into all sorts of stuff. You hear position player, position player, position player. But when it comes to the Rockies farm system, there's no arm. That is exciting. And with the trade deadline coming up, this to me seems like if the Rockies were to sell, they would go after arms and they got to be going after arms exclusively. You have plenty of options to and, and, and future pieces and current major league contracts that fill out your position player side, especially because the big they have the with especially having the catcher of the future and Romo back there that's the big x factor i think in terms of the next position player you or position you really need to emphasize your focus on if the rockies sell at the deadline they got to be getting go they got to be going after arms the rockies not having left-handed arms that they can turn to in the farm system is a bit of a joke if you ask me yeah they have they have um like four pitchers in the top 15. They're all 10th or worst. And all of those guys are A ball, rookie ball. They're lower levels. You've got a couple of years to see them here. So when you're going for, if you're trading some of these guys, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking about some of the relievers of Daniel Bard and Alex Colomb, uh, you have to be looking for young pitchers that are preferably ready to go to the upper minors or already in the upper minors. A guy that, can come over, can acclimate this year, and then next year you can have a guy who is challenging for a big league spot or pushing for a big league spot during the season because 
you have some pieces at the big league level. You have the end of Charlie Blackman. You just went out and signed a Chris Bryant. You've got a CJ Crone. You've got some other guys. You just don't have pitching. And like you said, you really don't have any lefties, especially out of the bullpen that you can count on. And you just, you need as many arms as possible because it's so hard to get a free agent pitcher to come to Colorado. Um, and, and so that's got to be your focus at the trade deadline as you're selling pieces off. I'm hoping the narrative about being a pitcher coming in Colorado is changing because you bring Cologne and you bring, and, and one factor too is Chad cool is having his best, arguably his best season in uh, the purple pinstripe. So Lindsay, uh, I want to ask you the question. If you were the GM of the Rockies, what move would you make at the deadline? But before I do that at blue you can celebrate all of life's special moments and they're going to help you create the custom engagement ring of your favorite person's dreams or the best piece of jewelry to help celebrate any occasion. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as your favorite person with the modern convenience of online shopping at blue Blue Nile has simple online tools to let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft the perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, on the phone or on the mobile or the web chat, I should say, to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Rockies listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. Joined by Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects, and that's what you got to be listening to if you want to make sure that you have the best source for all your prospect talk, especially the Colorado Rockies. And so, Lindsey, the trade deadline is coming. The Rockies are 11 games below 500 of this at this point. They are on they are technically if you look at the graphic in the hunt of the third wild card spot, they have to go up against the second most difficult schedule in all of Major League Baseball in the second half of the season. If you were Bill Schmidt, what are you doing at the deadline? So one, I'm being realistic. Okay, so eight games back at the third wildcard spot. Um, it's been kind of common assumption that 86 wins is the threshold to get that uh, last wildcard spot. Your winning percentage has to be about 621 for the rest of the season to earn that. And I just, like you mentioned, one of the hardest schedules in baseball remaining, I don't see that happening. So first thing I'm doing is I'm being honest with myself and saying we are probably sellers at this point in time. So... What we're going to do is we're going to maximize the return of some of the arms, some of the position players that we have that are either on expiring contracts or are guys that are appealing to other teams. So uh, position players, Jose Iglesias. He joined the Red Sox at the end of the year last year. They brought him in for the stretch run. Uh, so he's done this kind of thing before. He's a reliable veteran defender. He's not, he's not going to blow you away with just about anything he does, but having a good year, batting 293, so can get on base, um, can be reliable to plate. I'm shipping Jose Iglesias out to a contender that's got an infield injury that needs some sort of middle infielder defender. I'm thinking a team like the Braves. They've lost Ozzie Albies. Uh, he's, he's 
looking at maybe being back in September, but you call a team like the Braves, you say, hey, I want a young pitching prospect. Uh, give me a Kyle Muller. Starting pitcher, you have him in AAA. He spot started for you. He hasn't found a spot. Let's get him. Let's bring him to Colorado. We'll give you a reliable to veteran defender for the stretch run. Uh, I'm taking some of these pitchers. Some of the you, you mentioned a Chad Cool. I'm I'm taking Chad Cool and I'm saying, hey, I've got a solid back of the rotation veteran starter on an expiring contract, uh, ERA plus of 124. So he's pitched well despite the room. You know how. People talk about this this ballpark not helping pitchers any. 3.83 ERA, 1.3 WHIP. He's a guy that will get you to September. He'll move to your bullpen. He'll be a great long relief out of the bullpen or a veteran to have there in September. And then I'm looking at the two closers, Daniel Bard, Alex Colomb, both expiring contracts. Uh, Daniel Bard, I think, is probably one of the better closers that's going to be available at the deadline, and he's probably the guy that gets the best possible return out of anybody on the roster right now that's likely to be traded. Mm -hmm. So you don't think the Rockies move on from C.J. Crone? You don't think that they they love C.J. Crone? He's literally their offense right now, Mm -hmm. Uh, but... And this is a team that never admits defeat. This is a team that doesn't want to go. If they trade multiple pieces at the deadline, this will be the first time the Rockies are conceding a season. Are the, it would be the first time that I can remember the Rockies saying, we are we are folding at this point. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's the reason why I didn't have them trading CJ Cronin is because they've never really done that sell-off before. And I think if you're going to get to ship somebody out, it's going to be one of those expiring contracts or multiple expiring contracts, like a cool, like a bard, uh, like an Iglesias. I think that if you were to send Crone out, you're going to get a monster return. I mean, uh, OPS of 899, he's got 20 home runs. Like you said, he's been just about the entire offense for the Rockies. Uh, he's played every single one of the games, all 81 games so far this season. And so he would get you a massive return because he also has a year of team control. Mm-hmm. It's just something where I, Colorado, like you said, hasn't really given up on a season or thrown in the white flag as of yet. I think if they did, Crone's a guy that's going to get you a ton, like multiple top 30 prospects in return simply because he plays above average defense and then is so such a potent threat offensively. Doesn't hurt for him. He's having a career year right now as far as uh, as far as home runs go, as far as batting average go, as far as slugging goes. Hitting outside of anything he's ever done doesn't hurt. But uh, absolutely, if, if Colorado's willing to concede defeat, Crone's the guy that you want to see moved if you're just trying to get as many assets as possible. Because, I mean, I feel the biggest haul for the Rockies is a contender out there, a team looking out there as a package deal of Daniel Bard and C.J. Crone. Who wouldn't want... Both of those players, they're, they're, there's not a team in baseball that CJ Crone and Daniel Bard don't make you better. And it's great, especially for Daniel Bard. But I, I, I do wonder if CJ Crone is traded, if the mentality part is in the way, because the Rockies were finally the first team to offer him a multi-year deal in so long. I think the Rockies really sold it to CJ Crone as, hey, you're we really like you. You've been great. You've done that. And. I, I, as much as it, the, the smart move for the Rockies is to trade all of the names you said, it's to bring the people up, just let them play. You're, you, you are, you are not 
in that competitive window. It's, it's not there. It's not going to happen this year if you're going to be a good, smart, realistic. But next year, you can actually have left-handed arms to turn to. You can deepen this thing. And again, I would trade all of them for arms. And, and and Because again, I'd put Montero on first base for the rest of the season. I would say, you are our everyday starter. You're already up here. Not, you are at the major league level. Let's see what we're going to get for seven. Who wouldn't be excited to see Montero get 70 games? playing at the major league level because then we know you know and he is supposed to be one of one of the first big pieces of the future now i'm going to be disappointed when cj crone doesn't single-handedly beat teams for the colorado rockies but i'm also a fan that's realistic and a fan that's desperate for the rockies to actually commit to making this team better in the future because the moves they've made They've they squandered their best competitive window and only to lead to a path that we still don't know is the true direction. Signing Chris Bryant and hoping for Tovar and Montero to be the future isn't enough. The the Rockies had a team that consisted of Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story and DJ LeMahieu with a pitching staff that was good enough to do it. I I really do believe the Rockies were a CJ. If Rockies had CJ Crone with all those players and, and I mean, You'd have to it's imagine they'd score team. more runs. They, they, I can't say the same. The pitching staff might still be in the same situation, but this team is certainly not one of the worst offensive performers in baseball, and not in twentieth in home runs. That's certainly not the case. So now it's it's time to actually commit to a plan. And again, we we are heading into yet another trade deadline where the Rockies obviously should sell, but we don't. They're not. <laughs> we can't sit here and say they are. Let me give you a sample package. If you're if you're open to packaging Daniel Bard and CJ Crone together, let's call the Toronto Blue Jays. The Toronto Blue Jays uh, do not have a consistent DH. So between Vlad Guerrero and CJ Crone, they can have somebody play DH every day. Uh, they need bullpen help as well. So let's call let's call them up and let's say I want number three prospect left hand pitcher Ricky Tiedemann. He's in high A right now. I want right-hand pitcher Nate Pearson. He's in AAA right now. And I want um, Bo Bichette. Wow. No way. They wouldn't do that. I mean, if they don't give you Bo Bichette, they probably won't. Ask for Kevin Biggio. Kevin Biggio has talent and is one of those classic um, change of scenery guys. Like, it's just not working out in Toronto. So you ask for the world, if they say no on Boba Shep, they'll say no on Boba Shep. Say, okay, Kevin Biggio then. So give me a young pitcher who's in high A. Give me a triple A pitcher who we can call up and let him pitch this year. He pitched in the majors last year for Toronto. So you can call it Nate Pearson up and let him pitch in the big leagues now. And then give us Boba Shep, gives us a cost-controlled middle infield piece, uh, piece that can also play the outfield. I'm sorry, Kevin Biggio. Uh, who can who can play the infield, who can play the outfield, a lot of versatility, and it still has a few years of team control. I'm it seems it seems like it's just is is Crone and Bard enough to ask for number three in your in your farm system? Is it, are they that good? Is basically I guess my my question. So Ricky Tiedemann's one of those guys. Uh, six, six four two twenty. He was a twenty twenty one third rounder. And his velo is ticked up a little bit this year. You're seeing him hit, uh, you know, higher 90s. He's got a plus changeup. He's got a hard slider. But he hasn't been as consistent as you would like. And I think part of that is still he's a younger guy. He's still kind of learning the big leagues. And then Pearson's a classic one of those 
They just don't have room for him. He was a reliever in college. They've moved him to the rotation, but he's done both. He came up for 12 games last year, only got one start, pitched out of the out of the bullpen. They really kind of were worried about him being able to handle his work, uh, handle a starter's workload. He's 6'6", 250. He's got the durability in the body to handle a starter's workload. They just haven't really had the, the space for him. They have a Kevin Gosman. They have a bunch of really good pitchers, so they've left him in AAA. I think that you can go out, you can get those two guys, you can get Kevin Biggio to go along with it, and it's it's a, we're giving you the best closer on the market and a very good first baseman um, for the stretch run, and you get to keep that first baseman next year to go along. Oh, and also, now maybe we can get you a little bit of, um, now you have a little more flexibility to stick a lefty in your lineup somewhere because you don't have any lefties. So... I think it's something worth at least having the conversation. Let's see what happens. Well, and it, it, it's a team the Rockies have traded with before. I think that's a, an important thing, too. The Rockies have had very few trade partners, but the Blue Jays have been a team that the Rockies have now made multiple deals with and have sent to, I mean, I mean it's, it's kind of crazy I'm going to say this sentence, to people loved by the franchise, Troy Tulowitzki and Rymel Tapia. <laughs> it makes me laugh because two players on very different ends of the popularity thing but but again two players that were they that were uh clearly they 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 the, the blue jays and the rockies have that relationship and especially mm-hmm. at the deadline as well where the rockies could make that move I, I i think you're again the blue jays were in that place where it's you do have too many cooks in the kitchen you're gonna you're gonna eventually get to a point where what you're gonna figure out but I would love a little another Bichette in the at fifty two eighty at twentieth in Blake. That would be pretty cool. I think that that family tie might play a bigger role than some people might think if the if that was to start happening. But uh, if you want to bet on what the Rockies are going to do, why don't you head on over to BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, including league reviews and news, and all of the Major League Baseball action throughout the regular season into the playoffs and Live betting right there during the game. You could actually get going right at first pitch tonight if you wanted to. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, golf, and Major League Baseball. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. Yes, that computer that's right there in your pocket to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. So we've talked a lot about the prospects. We've talked about trade options. Let's talk draft. The Rockies' big thing, their big chip, compensatory draft pick for Trevor Story. That's what Let's they go. wanted, you know. Not like they could have gotten a heck of a lot more for him, but the Rockies said, you know what? What we really want out of Trevor Story is a draft pick and for him to go play second base in a different city. What are the Rockies looking to do in this draft? And, and are we expecting another high school outfielder to be drafted by the Rockies? Okay, so really interesting positioning as far as in the draft. Uh, picking 10th, picking 31st, the Trevor Story pick, 38 competitive bounds around A, and then 50. And because of where the picks fall in, the bonus pool is $13.6 million. So it's the fifth largest bonus pool of anybody in the draft, despite picking 10th. and the way that this draft's going to break down, you genuinely may not have a pitcher taken in the first 10, 10 picks. 
which would be the first time that's ever happened in draft history. So I really think a college hitter is going to be the guy at 10. There's a very clear and obvious first tier of seven guys. But then once you get outside of that, there's four, but it's about four or five more that are going to go eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. You're looking at a second baseman, Jace Young out of Texas Tech, outfielder Gavin Cross from Virginia Tech. The one that I like that I think would be really good if he makes it down to eight, uh, I'm sorry, down to 10 is uh, Jacob Berry out of LSU. Tons of power, um, switch hitter, can play third base and the outfield. I think he would do great at Coors. The question is, is he going to make it down to 10? But either way, there's just so many more college hitters than there are prep guys available there at 10. So I feel like a college bat's going to be the choice. It's just a question of where's he going to play and who's it going to be. What about Rocker? What a, he goes and he, uh, he went to another league. He he falls off of the the prospects. I know the Rockies have actually been involved with Rocker in the past before. I, I what about him? I mean, th- that would seem like could the Rockies maybe get in there and steal him later in the in, in the later rounds and, and take the risk on him? I don't. I, I'm. I was it the health. I, I quite actually don't understand what fell through with the Mets as one of the one of the best pitching prospects people were talking about for a while. Kumar Rocker is the biggest question of this draft. Is where is he going to go? So came out of Vandy, um, had a, a deal in agreement with the Mets. They got the medicals and something that they saw. Reportedly, it was the elbow. Something that they saw scared them off to the point that they didn't even give a. Uh, a signable offer to right. him. So he re-enters the draft. We found out he had a minor uh, surgery on his shoulder, uh, on his right shoulder in September. So after the draft, after he decided he wasn't going back to college, uh, teams got procedure notes. They didn't get imaging on it, so we don't actually have MRIs. But he went to the Frontier League. He, he made five starts. It looked really good. One three five ERA, 32 strikeouts to four walks. And... The competition level in the Frontier League comes out to around probably high A or so. So it's not like he's playing the best of the best, but he went in there and dominated like he should have dominated. I think that the position that the that the Rockies are in, having those two picks in the 30s, if somebody doesn't jump on Kumar Rocker early, I like the idea of taking one of those two and saying, let's go take a shot on this guy. We can probably get him at a discount because he doesn't he doesn't have eligibility left. He can't go back to college. We can probably get him at a discount. And then with 38 or 50, we can go sign one or we can go draft one of those high school players that is going to take a couple million dollars to skip college. We can save money on Kumar Rocker, get what looks like a guy that could probably pitch in the big leagues as a reliever this year if you needed him. And then have him for however long his his arm holds out. We don't really know because we don't have medicals on him. But I I like the Rockies as a team that might go out there and say, we've got two picks in the 30s. We've got the money. Let's do it. Let's pull the trigger on Kumar Rocker. I think it's an especially don't go in with the mindset of starter. Go in there with long reliever. If you're already in the mindset of you traded for Austin Gomber, you traded Nolan for Austin Gomber and he's in the bullpen. If you're already shifting that type of perspective for someone in that massive of a deal, if Rocker's there in the 30s, I, I think it's a you, you got to go after this guy that had potential to be the best and small sample size, you said, but a rehab start and high A of 135 ERA and what four 
uh, over 30, what'd you say, over double digit strikeouts to four walks, something like that? 32 strikeouts to four walks. I'll take that all day. That's worth my 30th round pick right there, 100%. I think that's enough there that you can see that if you're getting five starts, you're getting that much. The health is there. The strength can build up. You have major league level uh, training staffs that can work with that. Now, I'm not all that confident in Rocky's pitching, coaching, and development, honestly, at this (laughs) point, especially with the regression we've seen from Rocky's pitching this year. I'm, I'm really worried about that. I think the Rockies need to be looking at new faces in the pitching coaching department for how bad the pitching staff has been outside of cool and Daniel Bard. Um, but I ask you, Lindsay, we, we were talking trades. The Rockies do have all these picks. Does, could the Rockies trade up to go for, to go further? Could the Rockies trade back and make something more enticing to get a triple a ready pitcher already? And, and instead kind of take the approach of we're not going to, but this, that again, Signals a big shift from the Rockies who claim that them they that they are a draft and develop team. Yeah. So right now the only picks that you're allowed to to trade are the competitive balance picks. So you do have a pick at number 38, but 33 through 40 or 33 through 39, that's the competitive balance round A. There's a second competitive balance round after the second round. You could trade one of these players. Uh, just do it before the trade deadline. And instead of saying, we want two prospects, you can say, I want one prospect and I want your competitive balance round pick so that I can go out and I can take a college pitcher. If it's me, I'm looking to see which one of the college pitchers uh, that that had some postseason run, which one of those guys falls down to 31. I'm looking at somebody like a, a Cooper Yerpy from Oregon State. Uh, I'm looking for a Gabriel Hughes from Gonzaga, maybe a Carson Wisenhunt from Eastern Carolina who's been in the Cape Cod League. My thought process is, let's go get a college. If you won't give us the prospect pitching that we want in a trade, give me your competitive balance pick. Let me go out and, you know, you have three guys in the 30s now. Go get a college pitcher, bring him in, give him a year, year and a half to develop, find a guy who's a finished product or close to a finished product like a Cooper Yerby like a Kumar Rocker, close to a finished product, and uh, see how quickly they can move to the system and contribute. I think that's a great idea. And honestly, I'm kind of annoyed I hadn't thought of that until now. It's like, get I, a draft pick. Yeah, and, and and then again, if if you trade, get that draft pick, and Rocker is available where you have that stretch of three, that's a boom. That That is a bam. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. You, you, you take that pick and you have that, especially when you're feeling confident enough there. I, I think... The Rockies could do some interesting stuff, but again, uh, Lindsay, I am not going to hold my breath on them being sellers. <laughs> I, I really am going to sit. The, the Rockies will be the same. T- they, they're going to, they're going to trade Cologne, and he's going to be for some other reliever or something like that, and that's going to be the only move where instead the Rockies could make some really enticing moves. And like yes, every, every home run CJ Crone hits, it just increases that value. I love CJ Crone, but again, it's just like you. I guess before we wrap up, because we're we're getting a, we're getting a little long here, I just wanted to add one one last thing. Would you have traded Herman Marquez last year? Ooh, oh man! Personally, I'm I'm heartless. I'd have traded and got as many pieces as I could. Well, but that's what I mean. You're you you go to the trade deadline with the different mentality, and you say, "We know we're not competitive." Trevor Story, John Gray, Herman Marquez, all of them. Antonio Sensatella, they're all, I mean, you could have gone and you could have completely changed. You were, you were going through a massive transition and, and, and you could have completely changed this Rockies and said you double, they did the opposite. They doubled down. They 
Marquez extension, Sensatella extension, Freeland extension, McMahon mm-hmm. extension, Diaz extension, Crone extension. They 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 doubled down instead, and I just I I think we're seeing that that wasn't the move. Yeah, and real quick before we go, um, I was scouting your minor league system just a couple weeks ago. I watched on June 11th, low A uh, started against Vizelia, and I saw Victor Juarez, uh, right hand pitcher. So um, y'all have a dude. In low nice. A, Victor Juarez is a dude, and he's one of those guys, undersized guys. He's 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 like five eleven, but he's got a fastball that sits uh, low nineties for now. Because again, he's very young. I mean, he's he's like eighteen years old. Um, has good velocity, good movement to it. He's got a curveball, a twelve to six curveball. He has a changeup that he really believes in. Um, he added a slider during the pandemic. And very good control for a young, young guy. Uh, He got blown up in the two starts after the one that I watched. But (laughs) sorry about that. But it's 47 inning homerless streak. Who? Okay. I mean, this, you're not hearing a ton about Victor Juarez yet, but he is a dude. And you're going, he's going to be in top 10 lists before the season's over. And he has a chance by the end of next year to be the number one pitching prospect in this system. And I just wanted to make sure you guys knew that now. Love it. That's why, that's why we bring Lindsay on. That's why we have Lindsay following the minors. That's why no one better out there making sure that you know who the next greatest Rocky is going to be. Lindsay Crosby of locked on MLB prospects, Crosby baseball on Twitter. Uh, Lindsay, uh, thank you again so much for the time, and uh, thank you so much for, for for joining us. And thank you all out there on the Locked On Podcast Network for tuning in to this wonderful crossover of two wonderful podcasts. Reminder, we are free and streaming on your favorite streaming service. Just look up Locked On MLB Prospects or Locked On Rockies. If you want to follow me, I'm at Paul Holden 33 The show's at LO Rockies on Twitter. We're also on YouTube. That subscription, folks, I'm telling you, it's a massive, massive help to us. So if you click that subscribe button, it's a huge, huge help for your favorite locked on host Lindsay. anything uh anything to close on go rockies i need chris bryant to help my fantasy team out a bit right now please first home (laughs) run we'll take it he's actually looking good we'll see the rockies uh gonna make that push for that third wild card spot and not do anything at the deadline but Lindsay, thank you so much for diving deep with us here uh for the rockies prospects and again stay up to date with all things mlb prospects with the locked on mlb prospects podcast your daily MLB podcast pod. I knew I was going to try those. That's that's what I was going to your daily MLB prospects podcast. You can find it there and you can find me your daily Colorado Rockies podcast at locked on Rockies until next time. I'm Paul Holden saying so long from the locked on Rockies podcast.